0: Getting through and making it through, and looking at the words written by Jeremiah in Lamentations that talked about morning by morning, the new mercies we see. But every now and then, it gets hard to see the new mercies. Every now and then, It's a little difficult to see the blessing that comes with the new day. So, today, as we look forward, we're going to talk a little bit about dealing with disappointment, a lesson from the book of Ruth. Let us pray. Gracious and kind and loving Father, we We pause in the middle of this day, O God, to say thank you. We thank you, O God, right now for even this worship experience, O God, where your people can gather uh, together under one roof or even uh, miles away, O God, and hear what thus saith the Lord. God, we thank you and we bless you, Lord. We ask right now that the people's heart will be tender, open, and receptive to this word. And you will help me as your maid servant to be able to stand and to proclaim your unadulterated word to a listening congregation. Now, God, do what you do best. Hide me behind your cross. Let me be your mouthpiece that people won't see or hear me, but they will hear you through me. And so it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And the people of God just simply said, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Very, very early in my nursing career, I sought an opportunity to become a recruiter in the hospital in which I was employed. I was super, super excited about the possibility, but unfortunately, the job was given to someone else. And then some time, some years later, my husband and I were looking to build a dream home in an upscale community situated on many acres of land. And in the midst of the project, the ugliness of racism reared its head and our plans came to an abrupt halt as the land was snatched from our hands and handed to someone thought to be of a superior race. And how, how, how can I ever forget the moment that I realized I needed to resign from a job that I simply loved because I had a supervisor that she and I clashed on a philosophical level with the differences in leadership. Style. I will never forget the night that I pulled over in my car in the pouring rain to cry uncontrollably as I thought about the unfair treatment and that I would have to say goodbye to the staff that I loved and respect. And so as you listen to this introduction to my message this morning, perhaps you are wondering why I am bringing up these stories and what do these scenarios have in common. Well, can I tell you that each of these scenarios has caused either me alone or my husband and I to experience a level of disappointment. I'm sure that most of you recognize the pain in my short stories because you have experienced disappointment as well. But can I tell you that because we live in a fallen world where things won't always line up, as we imagined or like we had hoped or dreamed, that this feeling that can be overwhelming has been known to show up and to devastate us either temporarily or permanently. Disappointment can show up in something as small as a dinner in your favorite restaurant, not meeting your expectations to a life-changing situation such as infidelity that can show up in your marriage. Or never having the opportunity to become a mother or a father, and that was your one and only prayer to God. What am I saying to you this morning, church, is that disappointment can show up in a variety of sizes. Anytime our hopes are not realized, or our expectations, or our desires are not fulfilled, we will feel the sting of disappointment. Now I know I, I came prepared. I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I, I get it that this is not a shouting message. Uh, you know, it's not for have you fallen out of your seat or anything like that, it's, it's not a topic that we want to have that sermon put on replay, but it's where we have landed this morning. So I hope you don't mind, but for a little while, let's learn how to deal with disappointment because it's something that will never, ever, ever totally leave your life. Just trying to help somebody this morning. This morning, this morning, I want us to turn our attention to the book of Ruth. You all, you all heard uh, Sister Dee Dee read it, and then I read that same uh, part of it. The events of the book of Ruth are actually taking place, uh, Brother Rico, during the time when the judges ruled in Israel. Uh, if you all will remember when the judges ruled, it was a whole lot of stuff that was going on. Particularly, it was a miserable time for the Israelites because these people kept falling back into a vicious cycle of idolatry. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know when people of God turn to other gods... Uh, Or other forms of religion, they want to satisfy their self, their fleshly desires. And that is never a good thing when you have pledged your commitment to Almighty God. So let us examine the story from the perspective of our theme today. So, unless I miss my guess, I, I believe. Most of us are familiar with the story of a woman named Naomi, who was the mother-in-law of Ruth. These women had a very close and and special bond between them. Ruth loved her son Naomi. But Naomi had been dealt some real difficult and serious blows while she was in Moab. First, Naomi lost her husband, which caused her to become a widow. Her husband was a And then later, she lost both of her sons, Malan and Killian. And all she had left was two Moabite daughters-in-law who loved her dearly. But but, but as we can imagine, this woman was brokenhearted. Um, I, I'm sure she expected uh, that she and her husband would live out their days uh, of old together and they would sit with each other and talk about the issues of the day. I, I'm sure that she had plans for her sons and their wives to create families of their own. Uh, and perhaps uh, Naomi believed that one day she would understand and, and get grandparenting. But this is not Naomi's story at all. Whatever hopes and dreams she had for herself or for her family would not be realized is what it seems. Naomi does her best. Naomi does her best to talk her daughters-in-law into staying in Moab. After all, that was where they were from. That was the land that they knew. That was the people that they knew. That's where their families resided. Uh, uh, But she talked to them uh, because she was moving back. To Bethlehem, one daughter-in-law, Orpha, decided that she would stay in her homeland, but Ruth made a commitment to to hang in there with Naomi, and she said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Oh, you all know the story. You know the story. And and so as the story goes, Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem. And everybody is excited to, to see uh, Naomi back in Bethlehem. And so when we turn our attention to verses 20 through 21, A, uh, the A clause, in the text, we find that she doesn't even want them to call her by her name. Uh, oh, I, I can see it in the chats uh, that, that, that Naomi got some attitude uh, when she comes back home. Uh, she got a little bit of uh uh-huh, something extra in her tone and her voice. Uh, don't call me that anymore. Uh, it sounds like she is a woman uh, on the verge of a mental breakdown. Uh, I'm sure she felt like her world has fallen apart. And so I asked the question in the house this morning, has anybody ever felt as though Their world uh, had just fallen Ah, yeah, 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 I believe, I believe I can get some hands raised this morning. Uh, Somebody in here this morning says, uh, I can understand uh, where the sister is standing this morning. And I know, I understand that this gets lost in the English translation. But in the Hebrew language, Naomi means pleasant. Uh, And right now she is anything but. Uh, She has decided, decided that her name should be changed to Mara, which means bitter. Uh, Now, how many of you all want your name to mean bitter? Uh, you know, you know, you know sister is going through something. Uh, you see, it's not hard to see that she is dealing with some real heavy stuff. Um, and she, she has let what happened to her get inside of her, and it's beginning to change Naomi, but not in a good way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody ever seen that happen to people before? Uh So, 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 as we land on verse number 21, Naomi reminds her girlfriend, she says, She said, when she left there, she was full. And I did a translation, I said, That which she is saying, when I left for Moab, I was full of life, I was full of hope, I was full of potential. with our sister this morning. Now, you see, because I know that some people in here lives have had a share of disappointing moments. Uh, uh, some more difficult and, and more dismal than others. But but, but we've all had those moments where, where you just wanted to crawl up somewhere and stay there until, uh, until everything was over. Uh, you you want to put curtains down and turn off the phone and, and not talk to anybody because life has handed you some stuff that you did not anticipate. You don't like it. You want it to go away. But, 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 but it's me. It's your reality. So what you going to do? You're uh-huh, uh-huh. you you, you you're a Christian. You to be cronies. You carry around a big Bible. You got bumper stickers on your car. You got Jesus on your T-shirt, and you're still in a place where you are so disappointed with your life. I got a sidebar for you. I, you know, every now and then I throw in some freebies. This one says, while we are part of this planet, Mm -hmm. we will experience disappointment. Even the people of a perfect God will be disappointed. Mm -hmm. How how do I know, Reverend Denise? (laughs) This is my first point, if anybody's taking notes. My first point says, because. No one is immune to disappointment. All right. uh-huh. mm-hmm. You see, sometimes people think that if we come to Jesus, disappointment uh, will be a thing of our past. Uh, if we are born again uh, and, and, and that the blood won't come that it'll be enough that disappointment won't ever touch us up. Uh, Well, I came to remind the house this morning that we can be saved, uh, we can be sanctified, uh, we can be filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and covered by his blood, and a disappointing season can still come knocking at your door. I need a witness uh, in the house this morning. Uh, As a matter of fact, I came to let somebody know that the scripture I'm talking about the Holy Scriptures here, are uh, filled with more examples uh, of disappointed saints uh, than i got time to tell you about in one sermon. Uh, king David had his share of disappointments. Oh, yes, he did. Uh-huh. When Samuel anointed uh, him king, uh, Saul went out to kill him. Uh, oh, yes, he did. Uh, Moses was disappointed uh, when God rejected all that work Moses did all them people that got on his nerves and all he was allowed to do was see the promised land from a distance and to pull out a set of binoculars so he could see the promised Disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, In in our New Testament, as an example, the disciples, uh, Oh, they were excited, but then their hopes were dashed because they got disappointed uh, when they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed that he came to lead the way and he would lead them into the Messianic kingdom, but instead I'm just saying, just saying. Men and women of God, we must remember that God never promised that nothing would go wrong in life and that coming to him would mean all problems are solved. He said he would be with us in the disappointing moments not always take them away. Right. Amen. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, somebody needs to get this. Y'all need to hear me when I tell you this. Uh, as followers of Jesus, we have become more vulnerable to disappointment. Amen. What you talking about, Lady preacher? You see, our expectation of God is great. And so we take greater risk for him. And the greater the risk, the greater the potential for things to fall apart. Hmm. Somebody needed that this morning. That's That's why we need to learn how to handle life's disappointing moments with maturity and grace. That was my first point. Now my second thing I'm going to tell you is that disappointment is painful and confusing. You see in our text this morning we can see the pain that Naomi is feeling. We can hear it through the words that are written in the text. We can hear the brokenness in her choice of words. In verse number 21, uh, the B clause, she says, why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has brought this tragedy upon me? What we see in the text is that Naomi feels like all of her sacrifice, she was a good wife, oh yes she was, she was a good mother, was committed to following her God. Well, they got her nowhere. As a matter of fact, all that she has sacrificed, and now she has nothing, nothing at all to show for it. Her husband is dead, and her sons are dead, and all she has are two Moabite women. They didn't even marry Israelite women. They married women from a Nothing to show for it. I tell you, you talk about painful and talk about confusing. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe it's me, but 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 some disappointments have actually shaken my own faith. Can I can I be transparent Amen. in the house this morning? You see, you believe God is with you, but 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 you can't track him. You you can't trace him. Uh, you think you that you are not alone. At least that's what the pastor told. But you feel like you are swirling the drain all by yourself. Ain't nobody there to help pull you out of your night. And I tell you that disappointment, Sister Dee Dee, disappointment can cause deep emotional pain. That if you allow it to stay with you for a long enough period of time, it can actually bring on physical illness. What am I saying? I'm saying that the things that you feel so emotionally can attach yourself to you physically and you will become sick. Got another sidebar. Stop trying to deny your pain. Mm. I I, I know, I know. See, it's easy easy for Christians to hide behind scripture. We hide behind, uh, you know, sayings. We hide behind all kinds of things that try not to allow people to know that we hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we wear a mask on yeah. Sunday morning. <laughs> we, we dress up. We, yeah. we, we're we not such a big hat church, but, but some places they put on a big hat. <laughs> and when you put on a big hat, that means everything is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Sure. Sure it is. Sure it is. Not. not. <laughs> it's, it's oh. not. that The hat doesn't have anything to do, no. do with the problems that you are facing or the things that you are dealing with, but but uh, what I'm saying is we have to stop denying the pain and and stop trying to be super spiritual and yeah. and act like our insides are not in turmoil. Why am I telling you this? Why why I need you to understand this? Because unhealed hurts All right. don't go away. Somebody knows what I'm speaking about this morning. It, it, it might just look like it's healed. uh uh-huh, Yeah, because now you got a pretty band-aid on it. You know, used to be band-aid just used to be love brown and tan. Now you can now you can get them with all kinds of designs and stuff. So now, now when you got a boo-boo, it don't look so much like a boo-boo. It just looks like you just covered it up with something real nice. And that's what we do sometimes when we are hurting. We cover it up. And can't I tell you, it'll look like it's healed. It may have a scab over top of it. But under the surface, it's infection that will poison you. How do I know I hurt it? I heard it in Naomi's voice uh, when she said, Don't call me that, but call me this. Life has handed me some stuff, uh, and I'm mad about it. Can I tell you that it will affect you and as- about your response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, about your response. See, there, there, there was a book written by pastor uh, and author, Charles Swindoll. And the book simply had a title that says, Life is made of 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how we react to it." Anybody believe that? that this morning. Amen. I know you all have heard it. So Pastor Swindoll reminds us that everybody has obstacles. Everybody has hardships. In other words, everybody has some disappointments in life, but it is our actions that really write our story. You see, when disappointments land at The door of your hearts. We can either take a positive route or a negative route. Either we can turn to God or we can run from God. But I came to tell you all this morning that the choice is yours. If you choose to be negative, just know that the Consequences are really great. Negativity will lead us down a serious, dangerous spiral. My message to you this morning is Satan. I'm talking old Slewfoot. Our enemy, he loves to disappoint us and he will use disappointment to try to knock us down and to get us off of our track. He will find, you will find your skin, and so we don't want to be people that are rooted in the bitterness. Are you determined? Are you determined uh, to stay on the positive side? Uh, Even though disappointment comes, uh, uh, God can use our disappointment. Uh, He can use it to refine us. Uh, You see, that's the one thing I love about working with God. this morning that uh, red itch to And tell him that you're ready to be healed. And remember that it's all about your response. My brothers and my sisters, I'm ready to go now. But I need you to know that the choice is yours. If in your hands you can hold on to the negativity and let the devil snatch your joy. Let the devil snatch your peace. Let the devil snatch your faith.